Do you find yourself getting angry when it's time to address your child's same old struggle with disobedience again? Does it feel like the people in your home, the people you're supposed to love the most, are the ones who receive the brunt of your anger? Well, then we are so glad you're joining us for today's Q&A episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time end-of-year donation? Listeners, your support truly helps us to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. So if you feel led to partner with us, just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. And thank you to all of our listeners for your support. This enables us to further our mission, which is to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Long before my husband and I had kids of our own, I knew I wanted to be a homeschooling mom. But when my oldest was ready to start kindergarten, I had just had our third child, who we affectionately referred to as the baby monster. Homeschooling didn't seem possible with a kindergartner, a toddler, and a baby monster. I was so thankful that a friend introduced me to BJU Press. Their all-in-one curriculum resources gave me the confidence to homeschool at a time when it didn't seem possible. Their video lessons that, by the way, are engaging and taught by experienced teachers Those videos were a time and a sanity saver for me. Best of all, their K-5 through grade 12 all-in-one curriculum options are rooted in a solid biblical worldview. To learn more about BJU Press, go to bjupresshomeschool.com and see what they have to offer. You'll find their parent-led resources as well as independent learning materials at bjupresshomeschool.com and tell them the baby monster sent you. Well, hey there, listeners. Before we dive into our episode today, we want to let you know that beginning in December, our podcast will start airing on Tuesdays each week instead of Mondays. If you like a weekly reminder when we have new episodes, you can also sign up for Ginger's newsletter. Just go to gingerhubbard.com to find that. Also, when you sign up, you'll receive two free mini eBooks from Ginger on the topics of how to pray for your child and how to lead your child to Christ. Okay, Ginger, let's read a question that came in from one of our listeners who is struggling with anger. And just for the record, we get lots of questions very similar to this one. Angry Mommy in South Dakota writes this. Hello, Ginger. I love your show, and I'm working on using this with my five and three-year-old. I take that to mean she's working on using what she's learned in the podcast. Uh, She continues, do you have any resources or guidance on helping me not be so angry all the time with my children? My oldest has quite the temper on him, and my youngest loves nothing more than to destroy absolutely everything. I need help. Well, Ginger, before I even have you answer this question, I would like to make a suggestion. Can we change angry mommy to honest mommy? Uh, (laughs) When I saw that name, it just, it made me think, I don't want this precious mom to believe that she's defined by this sin in her life. And I also don't want her to believe that she is the angry mommy. There are plenty of parents out there who struggle with anger in their parenting. 
I couldn't agree more, Katie. So thank you, Honest Mommy, for writing in. I very much admire your humility in admitting your own struggle with anger, as well as your outreach and desire for help, because A, we know from James 1, verse 20, that human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires, and B, we know from Matthew 12, 24, that if there is anger in our hearts toward our children, it's going to come out of our mouths. That verse says, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. One of the problems with anger as it pertains to parenting is that if anger is in our hearts, it's going to come out of our mouths and it's going to stir anger in our children. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The bottom line is that angry parents raise angry children. That's exactly right, Ginger. And you know, Proverbs 22 verses 24 and 25 say, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Mm -hmm. So if it's easy for us as adults to be ensnared by the behaviors of others, then how much more difficult is it for our impressionable children who are under our authority and constant influence? So this is just another reason that I feel both called to homeschool and also ill-equipped to homeschool because I am one of the single greatest influences in their lives simply because of the time I get to spend with them. And by greatest, I mean greatest in quantity and not necessarily in quality of my influence. <laughs> and that's that weighs heavily on my heart. It's really hard to think about being a bad influence on our children, especially since we spend so much time doing exactly what our listeners are doing right now looking for, listening to resources to help us become better parents. But it's possible to have all kinds of knowledge, but to lack wisdom. Ginger, you quote Proverbs 29, 11 often, and that verse says, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Mm. So Ginger and I want to encourage our listeners who have had knowledge about their anger, but lack the wisdom to consistently control it. That's what we're going to discuss today. That's right. And Honest Mommy, if that's where you are, I am excited to say that I have great news for you. And not just for you, but for all of our listeners who are struggling with sinful anger, as well as all those moms and dads we encouraged the last two weeks who are struggling with being tired and or frustrated, which aren't sin issues, but they are real and common struggles that can lead to sinful responses. And there's that cliffhanger you left us with last week, Ginger. You said that you actually have one answer that will solve all of these problems. So I know our listeners are as excited as I am to hear what that one answer will be. So can you give it to us, please? Yeah, this is actually a rare episode where I don't have three to five steps to help us get to where we want to be. The Bible gives us one simple solution. Mm. When we're so exhausted from daily parenting that we're ready to throw in the towel on training and instructing our children, when we're so frustrated because we aren't seeing the changes we want to see in them, and when we're so angry about our circumstances or the difficult season of life we're in with our children, 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us exactly what to do. That verse says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That means that if we're thinking about how tired we are of changing diapers or getting up all hours of the night with crying babies to the point that we're beginning to resent those things, 
we need to take those thoughts captive. It means if we're dwelling on the frustration of having to discipline little Robbie for the 10th time over the same act of disobedience he was disciplined for 10 times yesterday to the point that we're beginning to resent God's command to bring him up in the ways of the Lord, we need to take those thoughts captive. And finally, it means if we're angry over the hard season of life we're in or the difficulties and challenges we're facing in parenting to the point that we're outwardly sinning against our children and inwardly sinning against God, we need to take those thoughts captive the second they enter our minds. We need to confess them to the Lord and ask Him to change our thinking and purify our hearts so that sin does not take root and grow. As Barney Fife would say, we need to nip it, (laughs) nip it, nip it in the bud. <laughs> Ginger, I wonder how many of our listeners will actually get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. Probably not too many. Uh, I'm probably, old. <laughs> maybe fewer and fewer, but you and I both have parents who are huge fans of the Andy Griffith show, which is what mm-hmm. we're talking about, listeners, if you're too young to know what that is. Um, but Ginger and I know all about Mayberry, which is the fictional place where these people live and all the people who live, and it's considered to be this idyllic place to live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll have Heather put a link in the show notes if this is all new to you. Well, here's a quote from a video I found of Barney Fife, who is the best character on that show. And he says this, you read any book you want on the subject of child discipline, and you'll find every one of them is in favor of bud nipping. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I can picture him saying it. Including your book, Ginger. Your books are in favor of bud nipping. But honestly, I don't know that that's so accurate anymore. Many of the parenting books are not in favor of bud nipping. Mm, Um, That's right. That's right. But this is going to seem a little bit off topic, but it isn't. Ginger, have you seen the meme that says... The reason why Mayberry was so peaceful and quiet was because nobody was married. Andy, Aunt B, Barney, Floyd, Howard, Goober, Gomer, Sam, Ernest T. Bass, Helen, Thelma Lou, Clara, and of course, Opie were all single. The only married person was Otis, and he stayed drunk. <laughs> it makes me laugh, but I think that says something interesting about our cynical view of what makes for a peaceful life. Mm. It's as though we believe that the way to find peace, which is one of the opposites of anger, is to avoid relationships with anyone who might disrupt it, as though they are the problem rather than us. Mm. Sorry, I don't I don't mean to overanalyze something that was meant to be funny, but I think it does say something about where we believe our anger originates. We think it's out there rather than in here, in our own hearts. Mm, that is so true, Katie. When I'm angry, my first inclination is typically to blame someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, what she said made me angry or the way she acted really ticked me off. Or as a parent, I'm so mad because I told Kyle to put his toy away, but instead of obeying, he threw it and knocked a hole in the wall. Now I have to deal with that. Or Caitlin yelled, I'm a mean mom when all I want is what's best for her. Her attitude of disrespect just set me off. When we have these moments of angry thoughts, the first thing we need to do is check the anger in our hearts to determine if it is a righteous anger or a sinful anger. And I know we've talked about this before on the show, Katie, but a good question to ask ourselves when our children have sinned and when we feel our blood starting to boil is this, am I angry 
because my child is sinning against God or because his behavior is just irritating or embarrassing or inconveniencing me. Mm. If we're angry because of how their behavior is affecting us and our feelings and our worlds, then it's a self-centered anger, which is sinful. If we're angry because they're sinning against the God who created them and loves them even more than we do, it's a righteous anger. In other words, if we internalize the offense by reacting with something like, I don't deserve for you to speak to me like this or with that tone, and I will not tolerate your disrespect. Now go to your room. We're not making it about God. We're making it about ourselves and how their behavior is affecting us. We're not encouraging them to honor God because he is on his throne and he deserves all glory. We're putting ourselves on that throne and saying that we deserve it. Children are called to honor and obey their parents because when they do that, they're honoring and obeying God. It's for His glory, not ours. So with that goal in mind, it would be better to ask a heart-probing question in that situation, such as, sweetheart, is the disrespectful way you're talking to me honoring God? How can you say that again in a respectful way that does honor God? And we always want to remind our children that we have the same struggles they do. And when we do struggle, we turn to Jesus for help, and they can too. So, Katie, I know I got us a bit off topic, went on a little bit of a tangent there. What we were talking about is, is blaming our children and their actions and behaviors for the anger in our hearts. We don't want to do that because the truth of the matter is that I'm responsible for the anger in my heart. Even if I have been wronged, even if I have been offended by my child or anyone else, it's not their actions that caused me to sin. It's what I do with their actions. It's what I do with the offense. If I choose to be self-focused by dwelling on how their actions have offended and angered me, then I'm allowing anger and bitterness to take root in my heart. And once that's happened, I'm more than likely going to wind up giving full vent to my anger. But we know from Proverbs 29, 11, that's not the response of a spirit-filled person. It's the response of a fool. Now, Katie, I know you just quoted that verse earlier, but I think it bears repeating here. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. And that's exactly what we want, Ginger, a wise response that brings calm in the end to Mm -hmm. our family. If I think about what I want my home to look like, what I want my relationship with my kids to look like, calm is a really reassuring word Mm -hmm. (laughs) to think of. So take us back to what you were saying about our sinful thoughts, because if we know that anger resides inside of every single person without exception— then we must have plenty of wisdom in God's Word to help us deal with it. And we do. Our God is so loving and gracious to provide us with all that we need to rightly respond to anger. The Bible says it's not wise to dwell on or entertain sinful thoughts. So we nip them in the bud before (laughs) they lead to ungodly desires that give birth to sin, which leads to death. James 1.15 tells us, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. This is not what we want, mamas and daddies. It's not what we want for us, and it's not what we want for our sweet children. So we take those thoughts captive, and we make them obedient to Christ before they bring destruction to our families. We pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the power of Jesus Christ to purify our hearts, and we plead with God to transform our thoughts through the washing of His Word. Mm. 
How many times have you guys heard Katie and me quote Ephesians 4 verses 22 through 24 and encourage you to train your children to put off sin and to put on the righteousness of Christ? Well, parents, we need to follow that same biblical model with our stinking thinking. Mm. Those verses say you were taught with regard to your formal way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. How do we apply that to our thinking, especially when we're angry and when we're in the heat of the moment? Well, what we do is we stop and we make a conscious effort to take captive and put off every thought that might lead us down the path of sin. And we put on the thoughts we are commanded to think in Philippians 4, 8. That verse says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. So we put off the stinking thinking. We put off those sins that want to ensnare us. And we um, set our minds on things that are excellent and praiseworthy. That is such great encouragement, Ginger, just to hold every thought captive and to dwell on what is excellent and praiseworthy. This is why it is so important to make scripture memory a part of our lives because sinful thoughts generally happen in mere moments without much time to stop what we're doing, to look up applicable scriptures and then to meditate on them. But if I'm able to sense my anger welling up and then without hesitation to pray God's word back to him and meditate on those things, I am much more likely to disrupt that downward spiral of my own sinful thoughts. Mm, That's right, Katie, me too. And you know, I love the illustration that Chris Gertzen gave, Katie, when you and I spoke it. Uh, with her at that women's event at Shades Mountain Community Mm -hmm. Church in Birmingham last summer. Chris is the wife of the pastor of that church who led one of the sessions. Uh, It was me, Katie, and her that led the sessions that day. And her session was pre-recorded months earlier because by the time the conference rolled around, she was paralyzed in a wheelchair and not able to talk very much anymore. Just a little background so you know and appreciate what Chris shared. It's certainly something I will never forget, so Mm -hmm. I really want to pass this on to our listeners. Chris has ALS, which is a fatal disease that's characterized by progressive degeneration of nerve cells in the spinal cord and brain. It affects voluntary control of the arms and legs and eventually leads to trouble breathing. Chris knows her time here on earth is short, but I have never been around a more spirit-filled, joyful person. Mm -hmm. So many people, when faced with trials and heartaches of this magnitude, become angry and bitter, but not Chris. She radiates the love and joy of Jesus with everything that's in her. When we were at that event, she she wasn't able to physically smile because of the paralysis, but just one glance into her eyes, and it was obvious that she was smiling with every ounce of her being. And I tell you this because Chris spoke about the reasons she's filled with joy in the midst of suffering and tragedy instead of anger. One of those reasons being that she takes captive every thought and makes it obedient to Christ to the point that she sees everything through the lens of Jesus, through the lens of eternity. Now, I know myself well enough to say that if I were in Chris's shoes, I would hopefully, eventually, get to that level of trust and acceptance of God's will and joy that I see in Chris. But 
I think it would have taken me a while because I'm not as quick on the draw to take captive every thought as Chris. I want to be, and that's why she's one of my great heroes of faith. But I think I would have gone through many stages upon hearing that fatal diagnosis with probably the top two being self-pity and anger, if I know myself. I was so convicted when I heard Chris share her testimony regarding the moment that she was in the doctor's office and got that heartbreaking diagnosis, the moment when a teary-eyed doctor told her that she was going to die in a pretty short amount of time. What got my attention and pierced my heart is when Chris got that fatal diagnosis, she didn't shake her fist at God and say, why me? Why did you allow this to happen to me when my whole life is all about serving you? No, Chris said she joyfully viewed ALS, the disease that would take her from this earth, as the blessed chariot that would take her home to Jesus. And chills. I, Katie, I know, I looked across the table at you. It was just... Oh, it's a mess. I mean, we were both a mess. I know. I'm so glad that we spoke before she did because we would have never <laughs> been able to get through it. But the after whole room Chris, was a mess. I know, yeah. I know. And, and when Chris said that, that she viewed that disease as the blessed chariot that would take her home to Jesus, mm. I hung on every single word she said after that. Mm-hmm. At the women's event via video, she talked to us about taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ, especially the sin of anger. And she likened this discipline to a rodeo cowboy who treats thoughts like wild running calves. And I've been to a few rodeos uh, in my time, so I could actually picture the whole thing as she was giving us this illustration. I could see the cowboy sitting on his horse, waiting for the gate to open, his heart pounding, you know, much like ours when we're fired up about something and we feel Mm -hmm. that anger beginning to boil. Um, And then she was talking and and you could just picture it. The gate opens and the cowboy locks eyes on the target with the wild out of control animal. And, And that cowboy has one goal and that is to take the animal captive. He is determined to lasso it, wrestle it to the ground and bind it so tightly that it can't escape. And that's what we have to do as parents when our kids or anyone else are pushing our buttons. As soon as we are aware of that wild, out-of-control anger welling up inside us, we can't let it get the best of us. We have to ask Jesus to help us wrestle it to the ground and take it captive so that it has no room to stomp around in our hearts. The only difference is our weapon is much stronger than a lassoed rope. It's the sword of truth, which is the holy and victorious word of God. Amen to that. Ginger, one thing I thought of as you were saying that is that oftentimes we can view our children or the people who do push our buttons. That's a very common phrase, push our buttons, when we really mean lashing out in sinful anger. Mm -hmm. We can often view our children as those wild animals that need to be wrapped up and contained and controlled. Mm -hmm. Rather than Instead of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rather than our own sinful hearts. And so yeah. our war is not against our children. It's not against our spouses. It's really not even against our enemies. Our war is against the sin, mm-hmm. both in our own hearts and the sin around us that we think is causing us to sin. But in reality, it's our own hearts. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now is the part of our show where we share a funny kid quip from one of our listeners. Today's kid quip is courtesy of Tana in Ohio. One evening as I was preparing dinner, my youngest son, who is five, was going to starve to death very quickly. (laughs) I told him (laughs) that he was getting hangry, and that's when you are so hungry, you start to get angry. I told him he could have five cashews, and that would help him, sorry, that would help hold him over until supper was ready. The next day, we were going through McDonald's 
and the drive-thru was taking longer than expected. So my five-year-old from the back seat says, hey, mom, do you have any of those angry nuts? It took me a moment to realize he was talking about the cashews from the night before. We had a good laugh and now refer to cashews as angry nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? That works for me. Whenever I want a snack at night, I prefer a handful of Cheetos or my favorite are actually those barbecue Frito twists. Those are so good. Garbage food. (laughs) But Ronnie and I are really trying to do better about junk food, especially at (laughs) night. So we keep a jar of cashews in our bedroom closet for a healthier alternative, which is very Mm. frustrating because when I'm craving Cheetos and Fritos, the cashews (laughs) just don't cut it for me. So Tana, please tell your son that I'm with him and I'm going to start calling them angry nuts. You absolutely should. (laughs) I love that. If you have a kid quip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any funny thing your child or grandchild has said, or it can even be something funny you said as a child. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash kidquips, that's Q-U-I-P-S, to submit those. Well, Ginger, I hope this episode has been an encouragement for moms and dads, maybe even some grandparents who have struggled with anger. And we do have another episode on the horizon on this very topic because we've had so many questions about it and because I was personally convicted by it once I started searching the scriptures and reading some books on the topic. So listeners, look for that in the next few months, Lord willing. But Ginger, can you leave our listeners today with a final word of encouragement? Sure. As we've talked about in this episode, temptation to dwell on unwholesome thoughts can give birth to sin but it doesn't have to. We guard our minds and our hearts by taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. We pray, we petition, and we give thanks to God who gives us perspective and peace. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 say, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. Are you looking for fun and Christ-centered Christmas gifts for your children or grandchildren or maybe your nieces and nephews? Well, today we're offering both of Ginger's children's books co-authored with Al Roland at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Sam and the Sticky Situation is a book about whining, and Chloe and the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. These totally charming stories with quirky, fun illustrations help children understand that there are better ways to communicate than whining, and the importance of being truthful, and how they can always turn to Jesus for help. Again, just use the code parenting at checkout at gingerhubbard.com and get 10% off both of those books. And remember, listeners, when you purchase through gingerhubbard.com rather than other really super convenient online retailers, we get it. But you do help to support our ministry and this podcast when you order directly through gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners, and thank you for your continued support. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.